to our school upon the hillside. Come and sing a rousing song till the echoes clear. Send back our cheer in accents loud and strong. Then ever true to gold and blue shall be our loyal throng. So we'll hail our alma mater, tis to her our hearts belong. So cheer then for Choate, all hail her bright name. Far through the land we all shall bear her great fame forever. Down through the ages, renowned shall she be. Fairest in all the land, ever the name shall stand. Ever we all sing to thee. Go, Choate! Hi, guys. It's Grace. That was my high school song. Guess who was voted most likely to have our own talk show in our senior superlatives? Me! And here I am, edging up on our 25th high school reunion and giving myself my own talk show through this podcast. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Audible, um, or not Audible, Anchor. Sorry, I was listening to a book this morning with my boys um, before school. Guys, My high school 25th reunion is in May. Um, It's two months away, and um, I have all the feelings about it. And I feel like the way to approach this conversation could be from a lot of different directions. But I'm going to choose to approach it with humor, as I like to approach most things, and Also from the perspective of mental health and how not to let the anxiety of a high school reunion um, riddle you with anxiety. Because after all, I am choosing to go to this thing. I don't have to go. There are reasons I want to go and people I want to see. So let's start at the beginning. 25 years ago, I graduated from a boarding school in Connecticut called Choate, Rosemary Hall. I grew up in Denver, and a lot of kids that I went to school with ended up going to boarding school. So I wasn't sent away to school, as many people um, here where I live uh, think to be the case, because far fewer kids leave home and go to boarding school. Um, In fact, I went because it was a really good school and I was given the opportunity and, um, you know, my dad always believed in giving us the very best education that we could possibly get. And so I went also because my sister had gone to boarding school four years ahead of me and she loved it and thrived there. And she had gone to a different school, a very small school in Connecticut, another school. Um, but I wanted to be just like her and she was really happy there. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to do that too. Well, then my very best friend who remains my best and oldest friend in life, um, for whom my oldest son is named Courtney. Um, she went our freshman year in high school. And so that made that school even more appealing for me. I looked at all different kinds of schools. Um, but I decided to leave home and go, even though I had really great friends at home and I could have gone to a great high school at home in Denver, but I went. Let's just say that high school was a challenge for me. 
Um, you know, I think it is for everyone on so many levels. But when you're 15, 16, 17, 18, you don't realize that all the kids around you are having their own challenges, right? Like it seems to you that 90% of the people have it all together and are quote unquote popular and successful in school and good students and great at athletics and look great and have the coolest clothes and are going out with the cutest boy and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, it takes many, many years and frank conversations with friends to realize that, no, they were suffering and struggling too, especially being away from home at such a young age. Um, but in the moment, it was a real challenge for me. I mean, there was the side of it where, you know, I was at this amazing school that is so beautiful. I mean, it looks like a college campus. Frankly, the amenities and, um, you know, the buildings and the facilities and all of that were far nicer than many that we had at college when I went to college because they hadn't yet built the big new athletic facility at my college and all that kind of stuff. So I was in this very beautiful place. It was just extraordinary. Um, and there were amazing, amazing opportunities. And I still think of it as an incredible education. I think about the things I studied. Um, I mean, it was, I learned about Eastern religions at 16. It was my, you know, entree into Buddhism, which I've always been interested in since. And, um, gosh, I studied Latin. I had amazing courses in English and read incredible books. And, um, you know, there were just so many opportunities, um, that I still think about really fondly. I mean, my art history class took field trips to the Met in New York City. I mean, we would study ancient Egypt and then go to the Met and see the tombs. I mean, it was just extraordinary on so many levels. The other side of it was the social stuff, right? So young, insecure, redheaded, freckled, Birkenstocks with socks, wearing curly-haired, no mascara, no confidence, um, which was weird because I left my school in Denver with all the confidence, all the confidence. I had been the co-captain of the soccer team, not because I was a soccer star, but because I was a great cheerleader. You know, I kept everyone together and pumped up. I played field hockey. I played lacrosse. I starred in school plays. I sang. I was an artist. I mean, I'd had this incredible experience at this school in Denver that I went to for 11 years. Um, and I sort of felt like on top of my game. Um, and went to this school where all the kids were on top of their game. And all of a sudden, I was struggling. I couldn't get onto a sports team. I didn't get into the singing group I tried out for. I didn't get into the musical. Um, oh, my gosh. Let me just say that I hope they changed the, the policy of not letting any kids onto sports teams. I mean, you've got to find, like, even if it's a JJJJ, JV, we know you don't have any coordination or know how to play this game at all. You don't run fast and you're not an athlete, but you can be on this team. 
Um, I hope they've changed that because I could have used a team like that. I wanted to be on a team. I'm a great team member, but I just kept getting rejected from teams. And so instead of being at sports practice with my friends, I did quote unquote club sports. I think they were called, which was aerobics with Patty, the instructor, Patty, who was, as we called her a townie. I'm sure she was perfectly lovely, but doing aerobics with Patty in the upper school gym was just not cool and like not inspiring. And it was like worse than a Jane Fonda videotape. And I always would pretend that I had menstrual cramps and stay in bed. Um, I didn't understand then that exercise really, by the way, helps with menstrual cramps. So put a pin in that. We should all know that by 42. Um, But my other sport was community service. And that would be a big joke that my friends and I would have that I worked at old age homes every semester or term, we called them. Um, And that was my sport. My sport was community service, which was funny. I enjoyed laughing about that too. But I also really liked, liked working at the old age homes. Like I really, I had a good time. They had such wonderful stories. And there was this one lady named Grace whose nails I would paint red and it made her so happy. And like, there were wonderful things about that. I also played intramural or whatever you call it, club tennis, which I really liked. I still like playing tennis. I've always liked playing tennis. One of my big jokes with my husband is that I'm an excellent tennis player, which for many years was not true, but we would joke about it. But now I'm actually pretty good. Um, Anyway, so I kept myself busy, but I wasn't a part of what my friends were doing, which was playing sports. And it was a very competitive and very athletic school. And I wasn't even able to get into the musicals because these kids who were in the musicals were like fledgling Broadway stars. I mean, they were so talented. We went to high school with, gosh, I can't remember her name. She started on six feet under. I mean, Glenn Close went to Rosemary Hall in the seventies. Um, JFK, I think he was pretty, probably a pretty good actor as well. Um, great guy though. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, so just really a competitive place. And so my insecurity was completely like, through the roof because I wasn't getting into things, but I was always a great friend, you know, and I had great friends, like all these girls who I hung out with. Um, we were buddies and they liked me cause I was funny and I was a good friend. And, um, so I was friends with these girls who were like, you know, really like in the game, literally and figuratively. And they were great. Um, And really, when you're away at school, you become like a family and you take care of each other. And while there really are cliques, um, you're sort of all in it together. Like you're eating breakfast together, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You are saying goodnight to each other before bed. You are helping each other with homework. I mean, my best friend sat me down and taught me how to balance a checkbook. Like you learn everything at 15 from your friends when you're away because they are who you're with, you know, them and your teachers, ready or not, you're in the world and independent. So, you know, there, there were really amazing, wonderful things about it. But sophomore year for me was really, really hard. And I spent a lot of my sophomore year in bed napping. And it took me many years to 
um, sort of understand and realize what that was all about, right? I think that was my first um, real depression, recognizable depression, but I didn't have a word for it then. And I don't think that anyone around me had a word for it. Um, but it felt awful. I had no energy. I wanted to sleep all the time. I just, you know, I just felt really down. And even though I had awesome friends, it was often hard to like get myself and get myself up and dressed and, and out of bed. But I had to do it because if I skipped things, I would go to detention. I did have morning uh, work crew duty. Um, I think once or twice a week, we lived in a place called Upper Campus, and I had kitchen crew duty in Lower Campus in the main dining hall early in the morning um, before school started. So I would get all dressed up in my, you know, pleated skirt and tights and loafers, and I'd have to walk 20 minutes to the dining hall in the bitter Connecticut cold early in the morning and go into the kitchen and scrape dirty kitchen dishes before I... Um, had to go to class. And of course, you know, it's important to have a job at school and everyone had jobs and that was probably good for me on many levels, but I found it really hard to motivate to do that. Um, and I also didn't like having to scrape dishes and get dirty before school. And I thought it was embarrassing to see the boy I had a crush on and just all the things. So I would skip that. And then I would end up in what we called Sunday D and that is Sunday detention. So you would have to go to detention Sunday mornings and sit there and do your homework because you would skip too many classes. You would also get Sunday D, um, if you got caught smoking cigarettes, which I never did, um, you would get suspended if you got caught drinking and you get kicked out if you got caught doing drugs like one and done so that was another thing my high school or rather sophomore year roommate Lauren who um was just such a dream and still is we're good we're, we're friends still we're still in touch thanks to social media and my intermittent travels to Miami we are still in touch but she um went behind a house in, um, in town one night, sophomore year with two boys. She smoked pot for the first time in her entire life. They got caught by a town policeman who turned them into school. And the next day she left school. She was kicked out. I mean, can you imagine how that changed the course of her life? It's just, you know, that's not normal for kids. Kids are going to make mistakes. Kids are going to try things. They're going to press boundaries, push boundaries. And, um, it just took an enormous toll on her psyche and her, um, well-being and her happiness. And you know, of course she went back to Miami and, or rather Palm beach and like did great cause she's fabulous, but that was rough to, um, have to leave school and all your friends at 15. Um, so there were a lot of things that were just really so intense about being there. Um, so, you know, my year didn't get easier. My roommate was kicked out. I decided I'm going to go back to Denver for high school. Um, I agreed to go to this school in Denver, um, for the next year. And then, you know what? I decided to do what I've often done in life, which is buck up and not give up and push through. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to do this. I'm moving on. I'm 
next year's a new year. I am going back to school. So what I will say is that from that point forward, every year and every month got better. You know, I continued to sing in the chorus, which really anyone could be in the festival chorus, but I worked hard at it and I loved it. Um, I was never a soloist. There was this gorgeous girl named Lindsay who was a soloist and I thought she had the voice of an angel. Um, she actually was from North Carolina and it was the first time I'd ever heard of anyone being from North Carolina. Um, but, um, gosh, she had a gorgeous voice and I think she went on to have a musical career, I think. Um, I'm not sure, but anyway, I continued to sing. I volunteered in clubs, you know, clubs were a big thing at school. So I was in the gold key club and I gave, um, tours for the admissions office. I gave tours for, um, new students who were, um, touring the school. And I really liked that cause I was really outgoing. And so that was a really good job for me. Um, and continued to do a lot of community service and continued to completely bomb science classes and math classes. In fact, um, my junior year, they pulled me aside, my teacher, spring semester, spring term of junior year, and my teacher, I can't remember his name now, Mr. Hand, I want to say, but I think that's the teacher in Pastimes at Richmond High. What was his name? Not Mr. Hand. Um, but anyway, he said, Grace, you've got to get a D on this math test or you're not going to make it to senior year. You are going to fail math. You are not going to make it to senior year. You have got to do this. So had to shoot for the stars and get a D on my, uh, math class or my math final. And I did make it to senior year. And let me tell you something. The last math exam I ever took was spring term junior year. Never again. I don't think I ever made it past geometry guys. Like I think that was my last, um, math class. They used to call my math class. I was always in math class with all the jock boys. I'm just going to say that I, I was, I was in math class with the jock boys who were not good at math and they called it, um, retard math, which of course is not something we can say now. It's not a nice word, not okay to say, but that's what my math class was always called. And I was the only girl. Um, anyway, I made it to senior year and I then was the president of a club called arts encouragement, which, um, taught art classes to, um, uh, kids from town, um, elementary school kids. And we came up with art projects for them to do after school. And that was great. I loved that. Um, continued to work with old people at old age homes, um, which I really have a great appreciation for now as I look back on it. Um, because my mom goes to a program three times a week for, um, elderly people with memory loss and she has such a great time and I'm so appreciative of all the people there who take such good care of her. I mean, it really is God's work taking care of old people. I really believe that. Um, and I sang in festival course and I got into the whim aways, the whim aways, the female acapella group. Um, and that was amazing. I loved it. That was my foray into acapella, which I did in college. That is a whole nother story. Y'all I'll tell you all about that sometime. But, um, so senior year was really good. You know, my confidence was high. I was living in, um, a house, um, 
a, a teacher's beautiful old home with my friend Hunts. They called it hosting, where you live um, in a guest room in a private home belonging to teachers. And we just about drove them crazy. I mean, oh my gosh. We just about drove the Valentines crazy, the two of us. But, you know, we were great girls. We just wanted to, like, take over their TV and watch Melrose Place. And we wanted to do our Cynthia Crawford workout video and use, you know, cans of beans and, you know, cans of Comet cleaner for hand weights. And we, like, broke the really super old-fashioned plumbing with all of our tampons and that really made Mr. Valentine extra mad. Um, but we were good girls, you know, we did our work. We worked hard. We played hard. We didn't play as hard as we could have because we would have gotten in trouble. Um, but you know, my friends were like super kind of wild and more risk taking than I was at least compared to kids there. A lot of kids there. I wasn't quite as much of a risk taker, but me not being as much of a risk taker meant that I wasn't included or involved in um, a lot of the social activities. So like people had parties at day students' houses. They would get invited to go, you know, sign out and party on the weekends and their parents would give them permission to do that. And I just wasn't invited to those parties. And I could never really figure out why, because I was friends with all these quote unquote popular kids. And I was on the periphery of the larger group of them. And, but I just was never included. And it made me feel super left out. Like I just, I don't know. I felt like maybe I'm just too prude or too shy or I don't know. Like, am I a dork? Do they not want to hang out with me? Cause I'm a dork. Am I too, I don't know what, like, am I not pretty enough? I don't have a boyfriend. I've never had a boyfriend at school. I've never had a boyfriend in high school. Like, you know, it showed, I mean, it was just like, I was a great girl, funny girl, good friend, but like kind of a nothing burger too. I sort of felt like, as my sister would say, a nothing burger. She wouldn't say that about me, but she says that to describe people who are just sort of nothing burgers. But that's how I felt. I just kind of felt like, wah, wah. So I had that insecurity as much as I was like excelling in school and doing great. And I had picked myself up by my bootstraps and done great. I was no longer depressed. I was really like upbeat. I was exercising. We would walk to the YMCA um, because we didn't have like a good fitness center at school yet. Hard to believe. But we um, joined the YMCA and we would go work out there. And like, you know, so I was like really physically active, feeling great and all was great. But I was still really insecure. I just had those insecurities that high school girls do. And, you know, as I said, come to find out years later that my best friend and other friends who were absolutely gorgeous in my mind and also in reality, but they were totally, you know, physically fit and athletes and running cross country and playing soccer and lacrosse and field hockey and tennis and blah, blah, blah. Like they had their own insecurities, but no one would have ever known because of the way they looked and they dated cute boys and 
They went to the parties on the weekends. And so you get it. Like I had all the sort of normal insecurities, even though I had the quote unquote cool kids as friends. Um, yeah. So, you know, I went to college and a lot of that changed for me. Um, and that's another story for another day, but, um, my confidence skyrocketed in college and I loved it. And it even got better and better through the years as I, um, left college and, and, and lived my life and lived in London and lived in New York city. Um, and I hung out with a lot of those high school people. They were my friends. Like I hadn't been in touch with them in college, but when I got to New York city, a lot of us were there and we hung out and, um, we were friends and I hung out with the guys who I'd been intimidated by in high school and, um, kissed the boys that I wasn't kissing in high school and those sorts of things. Um, but you know, I've been back to high school for reunions. I have, I went to my fifth year, which was like wild and crazy fun. Um, and then I went to my 10th year and that was right after I moved to North Carolina before I was engaged. And that was fun. That was less fun than the fifth year. I remember, I remember feeling just like more of that insecurity because that group had remained really good friends and I was no longer living in New York. I was in North Carolina and starting my new life there. And so I haven't been back in 15 years for a reunion. Gosh, I just realized that. Um, and I haven't been back in 20 years for a reunion with this big group of friends. So, um, or really with my best friend and some others who I haven't been back with. Um, so we're going because it's 25 years, right? I mean, you got to go to your 25th reunion. But let's talk about the mental health associated with that. I'm feeling the anxiety. I'm feeling all the feelings. We have a 25th reunion Facebook group and people have started posting photos, which of course are screenshots or photos of their photo albums, the photos stuck onto the sticky pages of their photo albums. Um, it's just crazy. Like I didn't realize how young we were. You don't realize how young you are when you're that age, but looking at us with our fresh dewy skin and no wrinkles and those beaded necklaces and like hippie shirts and jean shorts and all the things we were into in the early nineties. Um, oh my gosh, like just all the things. It's just so funny to look at, like so funny and fun to look at and think about that time. And yet it gives me like all those feelings. I mean, they come flooding back like, oh my God, there she is with her no mascara and her curly hair and like wanting so much to feel cute and feel like a part of everything and on so many levels being a part of things, but like on so many levels, just not, just not. Um, and then someone posted photos of our fifth reunion where, you know, I've got all the confidence and the tube top to match, um, the mascara and the tube top and the sassy to match. I was in a very different place in my life. I was at the height of party girl status and really feeling myself, like really feeling myself. Um, 
yeah, so it was fun to see those pictures because I see the confidence in that girl um, as opposed to the 16-year-old girl. But the reality is that I'm neither of those girls anymore. I mean, am I the 23-year-old party girl? No. I'm 20 years past that. And I'm on my sober, curious journey. And I have a bunch of weight I'd like to lose. And I am figuring out this like next phase of my health and wellness journey. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, like I've achieved so much in life. You know, I have a 20 year career as an event planner. I have two beautiful sons. I have an amazing husband. I have a wonderful life. I have so many great friends. I have so many just wonderful experiences behind me and in front of me. Um, and everything to feel good about, right? And feel confident about. But, you know, what does it look like going back to a high school reunion and not getting super drunk to take away your insecurity or your anxiety? I mean, I'd rather be sober than super drunk at this age at a reunion, right? Like, I don't I'm not that person anymore. I don't want to be that person. Um, I don't want to say I'm not that person anymore. I mean, I went to my college 20th reunion last year and drank plenty, but I'm just, you know, in a different place and I want to really experience it with my sober self and just really feel all the feelings and have all those experiences with everyone and feel all the things. But I have to think about how to manage that without feeling crippled by anxiety. I'll have a great time with my friends. They'll be with me. I rely on them. They rely on me. You know, one of my friends said, I know I can hold your hand whenever I need to, right? And I'm like, yeah, right, right. Like, that's what we're there for. Um, But, yeah, it's just really strange that as a grown adult, you can feel that anxiety of seeing those boys that you thought were cute. Um who may have thought you were a dork, who knows what they thought, who cares? Um, you know, and just wondering what they think, who knows, who cares? Seeing the girls who had all the confidence, what do they think of you? What did they think of you then? Who knows, who cares? Like just be, you know, so confident in where you are, Grace, like be who you are, be where you are. You are great. Like you are totally enough as you are even if you are not 30 pounds lighter and you have some wrinkles and you, whatever it is, whatever it is, those things are that I feel like I want to be different about myself. Um, yeah. So I think that's something we can all relate to, right? Is like, even if you're feeling really great in your own real life every day, where you are, you want to go back to your reunion. And even if for those two days, you want to drop the 30 pounds, have a wrinkle free face, um, you know, and look the best you've ever looked and feel the best you've ever felt and just go over there and just kill it and do great. Look great. Be awesome. Be the funniest leave early, leave them wanting more. And that's it. Oh my gosh. So I don't know. I I don't have an answer. I'm just putting it out there that I think 
Um, it's very real that like, as we grow up and we become quote unquote grownups, which is how I always refer to people who are our parents age. And you know what? We are our parents age. Now my parents age is now much older. So we are the grownups. You can still feel those feelings of being so much younger and they come flooding back. And that's okay, you know, because while I'm not that same girl, I will tell you that little girl is inside me. I learned a lot of important lessons from her um, and she endured a lot so that I could learn those lessons and move forward and do better and, you know, have some amazing times ahead of me. I mean, if everything had always been perfect and had always been easy, would I have ever appreciated all of my achievements and things that I, you know, did well at and um, found joy in? We have to have hard, bad, terrible, shitty times in order to find and experience and fully feel and lean into and sit in good times, right? Um, it's easier said than done. So I feel like that's all I've got on that. You know, I am going to my 25th reunion. Um, I'm not bringing my husband or my kids. I am staying with a dear friend who ended up being, um, not a friend in high school, but someone I went to high school with, but who I, uh, ran into on the first day of college and we became college roommates and besties. So we're going to be there together. My best friend from Denver, from growing up, she's going to be there and other good friends, my senior year roommate hunts. Um, you know, it's going to be a blast and, and, you know, I just have to let myself feel all the feelings while not drinking all the wine because I know now that that causes way more problems and way more feelings um, that I just don't want to be left with that residual stuff. I would rather just like move through this <laughs> pretty soberly um, and hopefully come out with some great stories, approach it with a sense of humor and know that it's a part of my story. This is all a part of my story. We all have complex stories and they make us who we are. That is the bottom line. Um, so mental health for me, what that looks like dealing with yoga, dealing with yoga, dealing with anxiety looks like yoga. It looks like meditation. I have some favorite um, meditation podcasts I listen to. I love Tara Brock. She's amazing. Um, I love uh, certain meditation apps like Calm. Love that. Um, or Headspace. Um, I try and do those like 10, 15 minutes a day, a few days a week. I do not do them every day. I do not. Um, I often listen to the meditation podcast and fall asleep. I listen to it at night with my Bluetooth mask, which I swear is like my whoopee. I can't go to sleep without it. Um, you know, 
for sure dealing with anxiety for me looks like now or right now, not drinking, um, taking walks, talking to my friends, exercising, having great conversations, time with my boys, tickling them, rolling around, laughing, great conversations with my husband. Um, and doing this, like this is really cathartic for me talking about all this and putting it out to the universe. And hopefully it resonates with other people too. You know, um, I just feel like the more that we open up about these things, the more that we talk about them, the easier that, um, life can be and more joyful and more enjoyable. I mean, God, life is so hard. We have to find common ground. We have to find things to laugh about. I have just so many funny memories from high school, so many joyful memories. And I'm going to like, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a list of those things so that I can really focus on those things because you know that whatever you think about, you create. So if I'm thinking about all the things that made me feel insecure or that, um, felt negative or felt dark to me, that just brings up negative, dark feelings. You know, I do believe that what you think you create. So I'm going to think about these funny, fun memories. I'm going to talk to my friends and laugh and just enjoy it, knowing that there are very few 16-year-olds on the planet who are filled with sincere, genuine, authentic confidence, even if they appear that way. So I'm sure that we are all walking in with our own baggage. And at 43 years old, isn't it time to let it go? Like, aren't we done impressing people? Can't we just be who we are? Because we're all pretty great. Um, I definitely think that I love looking at my friends and what they've done and what they've created and accomplished and achieved and experienced over the last 25 years. And just also what amazing people they are. Um, you know, and the ones who have been around for that long. I mean, that's amazing to be friends with people that long. Um, way back when, when we all wore colored jeans and no mascara and curly hair and Birkenstocks with socks and listened to Grateful Dead bootleg tapes and hung tapestries on our walls and fell asleep every night to Nirvana, never mind, like it was bedtime lullabies and smoked cigarettes in the woods and oh my gosh, the things we did. I mean, so funny, so ridiculous. But we made it out. We made it out. We did it. And it's a unique experience. Um, and for all the reasons and more, I will be locking my boys in the house and making sure they stay here until college. Um, and then I'll be making sure that um, maybe they go to college in town and then they live in my basement of my new house that will have a basement one day so they can live there and never leave me. Um, or at least hopefully they won't leave me when they're 15 because that is just too young. Um, but my parents did what they thought was best and they always did what they thought was best. And as parents, that's all we can do. That is another podcast for another day. So if you're feeling anxiety about a high school reunion or anything else socially for that matter, 
take care of your mental health, meaning your anxiety by doing things that make you feel good, whatever that looks like. Um, with the exception of, I would say, um, you know, binge drinking or doing drugs, like do something that makes you feel good. Take a walk, have lunch with a friend, go to brunch, go to a movie, like do a meditation, um, do a paint your own pottery thing. I love that. I think that's so fun. Um, you know, whatever it is, whatever it looks like for you. Um, and take some time for yourself today, even 10 minutes, whatever that looks like you deserve it. Life is busy and hard. You know, I left out one of my favorite things that makes me feel better. And I should be very honest about this from the get go. Bravo radio, Andy, real housewives. I've got no shame about it. I love me some real housewives. My husband doesn't understand how I can uh, find peace in listening to women yell at each other, but I just can't explain it. It's escapism and we all need it. Okay. Bitch sesh. That's my other favorite podcast. That's about real housewives. Love you ladies. I love you. Bitch sesh ladies, Casey and Danielle. Enjoy your day and we'll talk again soon. And hope you can release any anxiety that you're having about high school or anything else. Don't look back. You're not going that way, right? Have a great day. Lots of love. 